The information and views expressed by our host or guests on the Unlock Potential podcast are their own, and not a substitute for professional medical or fitness advice. Always consult with qualified healthcare or fitness professionals before starting any new exercise program or making changes to your current routine. This episode of Unlock Potential contains visual demonstrations and instruction. If you are listening to the audio version of our podcast, consider also checking out the video at thebriandelaney.com. There is a benefit to stress. So that short-term physiology is our stress response. And so sometimes we engage with too much stress and the suggestion is, oh, reduce your stress, eliminate your stress, get rid of your stress, you're too stressed. And people get so focused on not stressing, but that's not healthy either. You gotta engage in the battle. Hello and welcome to season two of Unlock Potential. I'm Brian Delaney. Our focus this season is fitness. I'll be joined by Dr. Corey Duvall, who's going to guide us through his protocol for getting into your best shape so we can live our best lives and serve others well. Hello and welcome everybody to uh, another episode of Unlock Potential. We're here with my co-host, Dr. Corey Duvall, and I'm Brian Delaney, and we're gonna do a little bit more of a deep dive into some of the concepts that Corey has been teaching about and that way we can get into the particulars, right? We, we always say the devil's in the details. I think the I think the healing and fitness is in the details when it comes to uh, when it comes to these concepts. So I'm excited to be back with you, uh, learning with you, teaching with you, and uh, and growing with our community that we're building here. So great to see you once again. Great to see you, Brian. Yeah, awesome, awesome. So let's just uh, dig into it. You cool with that? Yeah, let's go. One of our uh, last couple of episodes was discussing this idea of war and famine right? This concept of war and famine. Can you dig in and give us some of the levels on that? Yep. So our health and our long-term performance is rooted in our physiology. Okay. Survival is getting through the war and surviving the famine, but thriving and making long-term health and long-term progress is about winning that war and avoiding famine altogether. Hmm. And so when we think about our day-to-day basis and what it's like to lose the battle and to go through famine, that means that we're executing our exercise with way too much intensity for way too long a duration, or we're avoiding the appropriate intensity and not pushing quite enough. Mm -hmm. That means we're losing the war and we're gonna go into short-term physiology. It also means that we are ignoring our hunger or we're eating in a way to prevent future hunger. So we're Mm. binging because we can get it in right now. I see, I see. So imagine we're trying to rush to get some food in because we're being chased by the enemy and we're on the losing end of that. Mm -hmm. Well, that means that we're gonna eat in an imbalanced way just to hope to fight the next battle. But thriving is not that at all. We've won that day's battle. It's time to feast. It's time to enjoy our victory. That's great. And so what we're looking to do is balance our long-term and short-term physiology through teaching our body that we're winning the war and that we're not going through famine. I see, I see, that makes sense. Talk, Talk about that that the not too hot, the not too cold, the, 
the just right of fitness and of you know really living because we're not just talking about fitness at this point uh-huh. we're talking about fitness and all the applications what we do inside the gym so we can we can be unstoppable outside the gym right so can you talk uh-huh. a little bit about the goldilocks zone when it comes to uh this application as well as some of the other tools and frameworks you've broken down yeah so that goldilocks story where she's looking for not something that's too soft and not something that's too hard, something that's just right. Not something that's too much or too little, but just right. Not too hot, not too cold. That's the Goldilocks zone. And so that plays a role in all aspects of our physiology. Avoiding foods that we need mean that we are deficient. Eating too much of that very same food means we're toxic. We've got to find the middle ground of that food. Mm. Too little intensity, too much intensity, too much time with our work, too little time with our work, too much time with our family, too little time with our family. All of these things play a role. Mm -hmm. And so we're always looking for, hey, where's that sweet spot, that Goldilocks zone? Yeah, and I think think without coaching, without clarity, without, uh, without information where people are saying, hey, look, there's something wrong, but we don't, we don't have something to sell you right now to make it better. We're, we're just going to give you the way we think uh-huh. around this. We're, we're going to give you some of the things that we do around this. And we're going to give you some of the tools that we use around this in order to make it better. There are, I, there are so many people who are suffering because they feel like they're in a can't win life. Uh-huh. I just can't win. Uh-huh. I'm either working too much or I'm working too little. I'm either doing too much in the gym or not doing anything. Or, uh-huh. you know, because they're living in those extremes and those seem like counterpoints. But those are just what you're saying, what I'm hearing you say, is those are just measures at the end of a scale. Uh-huh. And our job is as a person who is not up or down, but we're alive, right? Those scales are alive just like we're alive. That's how they're proper measuring tools. Exactly. Yeah. And so so if you're in that position, that's okay. We've all been there. And it's, uh-huh. if it seems like you can't, you can't win, it's like we're going to start with how to stop losing and that's with our fundamental understanding of having living scales in order to measure living people, yeah. right? You're right, and that's such, a, that. that's such a huge deal. Um, so like when we're talking about that short term, because you talked about, you know, when I think about the battle, like if we we're using the battle in war, I think about the short term, uh-huh. right? And at the point where I was coming to see you and at different points in my life, I felt like I was losing the battle and the war, uh-huh. <laughs> right? But uh, talk about the Goldilocks zone in that short term and how that works. Yeah. So there is a benefit to stress. So that short-term physiology is our stress response. And so sometimes we engage with too much stress and the suggestion is, oh, reduce your stress, eliminate your stress, get rid of your stress, you're too stressed. And people get so focused on not stressing, but that's not healthy either. You gotta engage in the battle. And so one of the things that's helpful for that is that blood needs to get to our cells. And that short-term stress physiology is about getting blood to our cells in a good, healthy way. Okay. Now, if we get too much blood to our cells, our blood pressure has to go way up. I see. I and see. so part of high blood pressure is that we are tense because we're in the battle and our body's trying to get blood to our cells, but we're just doing that a little too much. I see. But on the other side of that is too little stress. Now, too little stress can result in brain fog. Mm. 
So you might have tension and high blood pressure in the morning and don't engage in exercise. Well, later on that afternoon, you're going to have brain fog. Really? Uh-huh. Wow. And so that brain fog, that difficulty making those decisions is the other end of that spectrum. Your blood pressure is getting too low, trying to respond to the fact that it was too high in the early hours. Another side effect of poor blood pressure is low sexual response. Hmm. So when you're having trouble getting blood flow into the genitals or out of the genitals, you're going to have that low performance. Hmm. And so engaging in some physical exertion in those morning hours is helpful for both top and bottom of the body. Yeah. Yeah. It breeds that vitality. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Very good. Very good. And so let's talk about it over the long term. Uh-huh. How, you know, talk about the Goldilocks zone, the not too hard, not too soft, uh-huh. the not too warm, the not too, where's that just right in that long term? Yeah. Even before I go too far there, okay. I think a couple more pieces of that short term will help like, pull all the ends of the potential symptoms together. So first we gotta get blood to our tissues, which means blood pressure goes up in the short term, and then we find the right balance short term and long term. But energy needs to get into those tissues as well. Okay. And so we need to take the energy that we have stored and release it into our blood. Now, our liver can hang on to sugar and release it into the blood, thus raising our blood sugar. Our body fat and our stored energy under our skin and around our organs can get released into the blood in order to transport around and have that energy to use elsewhere. And that's why in, when, instead of calling it fat, you always refer to it as stored energy. Exactly. Is that right? Yeah, yeah okay, exactly. Perfect. And so if we have too much of that occurring, we get high blood sugar. I see. If we get too much of that occurring, we have high or, uh, high triglycerides in our blood, which is fat molecules in our blood. So too much of that energy into the bloodstream, too much of that energy heading into our tissues can be a problem, but too low is also a problem. Low blood sugar is an issue. Mm-hmm. Low blood triglycerides is an issue. It's going to make us tired in the afternoons. I see. We might not be able to release the energy that we have stored, and we're going to enter that super fatigued state in the afternoon. Mm. So that morning exertion and winning the battle is going to mobilize the energy for the rest of the afternoon. So I found that to be so, so true. It's, it's so key, the difference between... And you had talked about symptoms and cycles and the difference for me, because there were times where I used to go into the gym at 12 midnight because that's when my that's when I was done for the day and I would be in there. And I remember this one time I was on a bench and I fell asleep on the bench because of the mass exertion I just put on Uh after a mass exertion of a day. And it was just like it was so out of whack Uh when it came to that. But that exertion in the morning being that power plant that works within our systems rather than against them that that makes complete sense. If you're tired of feeling low on energy and settling for the scraps, it's time for your personal revolution. We are helping people go from the person that they have been to the person they were truly meant to be and helping people get to the next level in their life, their business, and their relationships. Follow us. So blood and getting fluid out to our tissues, energy being mobilized in that short term, super beneficial. Avoiding danger is another one. Okay. 
So the stronger we are, the more capable we are at getting danger away from us. Now, short-term physiology is about increasing our awareness, feeling things, seeing things, hearing things, smelling things, that gets ramped up through the morning. If we utilize that in our body, we feel things in our body so we can push our limits. We feel things in our body so we can adjust around areas that need to be adjusted around. Super beneficial. Yep. But if we don't exert that physically, that energy gets locked in the mind, mm. which means we start being hyper aware of every little other thing. That's okay. known as attention deficit. We have trouble focusing. Now we start hearing things, we start seeing things, we start thinking other things. And so the excess, the toxicity of our ability to avoid danger is attention deficit disorder. So you talked about attention deficit disorder, you've talked about low triglycerides, high triglycerides, you've talked about brain fog, uh -huh. uh, we've talked about blood pressure, Yep. Uh, we've, talk, uh, we've talked about blood sugar uh -huh. as well, both high and low, Yeah. right? So right now we're compiling a pretty serious list of what other people might call illness that you're calling symptoms of being outside of that Goldilocks zone in the short, in these uh, short term windows. Exactly. Okay. Yep. Okay. Well, well, damn. <laughs> wow. <laughs> That's uh -huh. pretty, because a lot of those, a lot of times it's like the uh, ancillary, uh, uh, not causation, but corollary, right? Yes. It's like, oh yeah, that those two things sometimes travel together. You're saying, if you do this, then this is what you get. So uh -huh. if you do, have this, it's probably because you did this. Exactly. Okay. okay. Now that's where some of the struggle with mainstream modern medicine and healthcare comes from is because we ignore a lot of these subtle shifts for a long, long period of time. We have a little genetic predisposition to one being a little worse in our physiology than other people. And finally, that's the thing that we go see somebody for. That person is so well-trained on that one particular aspect of our physiology, they're trying to tweak it. Tweak it. They're saying, hey, your blood pressure is high. We're going to get you a medication to bring that blood pressure down. Yeah. Your di diabetes and blood sugar is a little too high. We're going to give you a medication to bring that particular thing down. Hmm. Your attention is struggling to focus. We're going to give you a medication that allows you to focus a little bit more. Hmm. But they haven't zoomed back and look at the big picture. Yeah. They haven't said, hey, where's the big lever here? They're way down at the end, moving these tiny little levers, hoping to change an entire person's being. Yeah. When in reality, we've got some big levers. That's right. That's right. And the symptoms typically aren't the levers to push on. Exactly. Right? Yep. Yeah. I think that's what, what you're pushing on is like, hey, they push on the symptom uh -huh. in order to get people back into this Goldilocks zone, which doesn't work because uh -huh. the problem just creates more symptoms when you start to treat them. It becomes a, it becomes a medical whack-a-mole. Exactly. Right? And now they're throwing parts and RX is at you and uh -huh. doing all that and you're taking them and you both are cr fingers crossed. Yes. <laughs> right? Yeah. Maybe there's going to be a, uh, maybe there's going to be a stillness, but if you're in that position uh, where you just see the repeated symptoms popping up after other uh -huh. symptoms are taken care of, yes, it's really normal and 
it's also not a necessary condition, uh-uh. right? There's there's a prescription for that that's not just filled at the pharmacy. It's filled at your local gym or in that room where you have a mat that you can do this work in, right? So, exactly. Yeah, yep. yeah, that's great. That's great. So that's the short term. Okay, so shifting to long term now. Yeah. What, what, what does that Goldilocks zone look like as far as that long term? I'm sure there's some of those things that are just extrapolated out. Uh-huh. But yeah, what's what's unique to that to that zone? Yeah, so we can have toxicity and deficiency in that long-term physiology as well, which relates to an imbalance in the short-term and long-term. Infections are a sign that we are deficient in our long-term physiology. Okay. So when a bacteria invades in our tissue and a virus invades into our tissue, There's the short-term physiology aspect, which is kill the invader. Mm -hmm. And so we can create a lot of inflammation through that process. But we have to go through and clean up that inflammation from the invader, wash it away, and build new healthy tissue. Mm -hmm. Now, if we don't go through that process appropriately, those byproducts get left over and built up. I see. And that creates clogs in our system. And those clogs mean that the next time an infection comes in, our tissue and our fluid has trouble getting the white blood cells there. I see. It has difficulty. And so now the invader can get a little deeper. And we have this layering process of these infections getting bigger and more extreme and taking over more of our life over time until they become pneumonia, walking pneumonia, debilitating, and then it, it then it looks like, well, you died as a result of, or you had to go into, you, your life is dramatically changed forever now exactly. as a result of pneumonia. Uh-huh. When it was all the pre, what you're saying is, it was the precursors, the blocks that happened early, exactly. the being out of balance. Exactly. It, awesome. Yeah. Awesome. And so we can also have wound healing that can get off in that long-term process. Okay. So if we have somebody who's involved in their short-term intense physiology too much, their blood pressure goes up. Okay. Well, one aspect of that blood pressure going up is you start to damage the inside of the arteries. Uh, Think of yeah. extra friction and extra fluid kind of pushing along. Yeah, and that's, that's why they start to harden like that, uh-huh. right? Exactly. Yeah. So if I were to put a lot of pressure on my skin, I would end up with a little bit of an open sore. Mm -hmm. And my body's gonna send a clot in to heal that open sore and then to repair that tissue. Well, the first phase of clotting is short term. The repair and release and renormalizing of that, that's the long term physiology. And so the issue is people with high blood pressure stay in that process, it damages the inside of the lining and you get a little clot. Hmm. Well, that clot doesn't go away and you damage right next to it and you get a clot there and that doesn't go away and you get damage right next to it. Now you get this building of a clot. Hmm. Well, it's the long-term physiology that heals that clot and repairs it and allows it to release. So you get these bigger and bigger clots building in your arteries, which is what ends up leading to heart disease or stroke. So what you're telling me is butter's not the problem. 
not the problem. Not the problem. I see this whole time. Uh, I thought it was these, but I thought it was I thought it was animal fats and butter. Yeah. <laughs> unfortunately, a, not. Well, fortunately for a guy like me who loves yes. all that stuff. <laughs> yes, <laughs> that's true. That's awesome. Um, so, like, you're talking about these zones, and we're talking about this like living scale that adapts, but there's it's not like it moves that we we can know if we're. Uh, if we're sitting in the Goldilocks zone because of a lack of the symptoms that you're talking about, both in the short term and the long term. Exactly. Can you give us a better like thermometer or way of checking if we're in that zone, we're staying in that zone or how far out of whack we are? That's good. So in essence, what we've described as those outer limits of the zone are typically what we go see a medical practitioner for. But there are precursors along the way that we can know, hey, I'm not headed in a good direction. And we can be perfectly easily honest with ourselves, not need some of that outside medical influence and redirect our life just by adjusting our lifestyle based on that war and famine episode that we just did a little bit ago. And so one of those things is belly fat. When we are engaged in losing war and cycling through famine, our body is trying to get ready for the next one. Mm. So if I store extra energy on my ankles and wrists, I'm not gonna be able to evade. I'm not gonna be able to win a war. And so when that happens, if I'm extra weight on my ankles and feet, I'm losing in the future. So my body is more intelligent than that. It's gonna store it around the trunk. So I we see. start to prioritizing storing more energy around the trunk, which means extra belly fat occurs. I, I want to talk about this because this was something that got me. It, when you say extra belly fat, I'm used to seeing belly fat being an uh -huh. extended. Uh -huh. But some of us don't have that. Uh -uh. Some of it, it can look fairly normal and there, you still might be able to see like an ab if it's flexed. Even though there's unhealthy body fat, there's that visceral fat tissue that's built right in. Uh -huh. And I thought I was looking good and healthy, but if your abs are poked out uh, beyond your pecs, uh -huh. that, that's also belly fat, right? Exactly. It's not just what's on top of the, or what's on top of the abdominal muscles or what's on top of that wall. It's yeah, what's exactly. surrounding the organs too. And that was something that I didn't understand. So uh -huh. belly fat either way, whether it's visible or whether it's visceral, yeah, it's still it's still problematic, and that means your body that means your body is doing what? So, in essence, what it means is your body is engaging regularly in prolonged short-term stress and not getting into the long-term stress. Okay, and I'm going to press even farther on that belly fat situation because if you are looking at others who are also unhealthy and saying, well, I have an ab at least. <laughs> I've got a verifiable ab, baby. <laughs> uh -huh. What we need to look at is not what are our peers who are also unhealthy looking like? What is the human potential? That's where we need to head. Yeah. And the human potential is that you can see your abdominal wall. Yeah. You can see the ripples of the abdomen. That's when you've cleaned out most of the past unresolved stress. Yeah, and, and that's difficult. Uh -huh. It's difficult. I just like, 
for people who are going through this process, I'm going through another plateau right now so that I can get to this next level. I'm not, I'm not solving the problem, I'm dissolving it, right? Uh -huh. And uh, with, the, with the stay active method, the protocols, everything that we're doing. But there's like, I got down a bunch of it. I knocked off about 40 pounds of it, right? Uh -huh. And then, but there's still another level because I, sure. I, I only have a couple of verifiable abs and they both happen to be the top ones, right? Uh -huh. Uh -huh. <laughs> and so, um, so as we're getting to those new ones, I'm finding that a new and fundamental understanding has to come uh -huh. before that before that happens. And so if you find yourself that you've made some progress, but you're stalled out and you haven't gone back up, just be open to the new understanding, especially from this teaching or other resources that you trust. There's plenty of great resources with uh, Andy Galpin uh -huh. and with Huberman and with uh, Peter Atia and so many of those people that I know both of you, both of us in kind listen to. Yeah. But r right now you're hitting that right on the head. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Don't come. So, and it, it's not even comparing uh, to this other person. It's like every single person has this genetic potential is what exactly. I heard you say. Most definitely. Yeah. Yep. That's awesome. Now what you're experiencing is some of the cycles like we talked about a few episodes ago. The daily cycle is what we're trying to align to, and you're experiencing lunar and seasonal and annual cycles. So you go through a phase where you make improvements, and you go through a phase where it backs off just a little bit. Mm -hmm. And then you go through the next phase, you make more of those improvements, and then you see it back off a little bit. Yeah. And so what I would encourage you to look at is, hey, where am I compared to this same time last year? Yeah, yep. And you're way ahead of where you were this same time last year. Now, you'd reached a peak in that summer to fall period. Mm -hmm. Awesome. We're going to compare that next summer and fall. And we're yeah. going to take a look at those factors then. Awesome. Awesome. Sun's out, gun's out. I'm excited. Yes, Sun's baby. out for verifiable apps. Yes, Is baby. that the case? Uh -huh. That's what we're looking for. <laughs> That's awesome. Now, you brought up the difference between internal visceral fat and uh, subcutaneous fat or fat that's on the skin on top of the uh, abdomen there. And so there is a, also a deeper awareness that a lot of us men can check in on ourselves. And that has to do with the hair growth around our ankles. So, so many of us who engage in a lot of short-term physiology means that we have to put off our long-term physiology. Hair growth and fluid circulation is one of those things that reduces that long-term physiology. And so I had reached a place personally where I had lots of visible abs, but I was also losing the hair around my ankles. Your body was, your body was letting you know, we're, we're, we're in for the short term, you're, uh -huh. you're killing it, but long term, we, we, don't got what, we don't have what we need. Exactly. Okay. I had dipped from lean mm -hmm. to starving. Oh, yeah. Yep. And so you go too far the other direction, you say, hey, I'm reducing this stored energy, but at the same time, I'm costing myself long term physiology. Mm. And so paying attention to the hair around the ankles can let us know when we're backing off a little too far as well. Check out the official Unlock Potential store where inspiration meets style. Explore our exclusive collection of gear inspired by the transformational messages straight from our Unlock Potential podcast. From trendy apparel that embraces the power of positivity to accessories that fuel your motivation. We've got something for every go-getter. 
Spread the messages of empowerment, energy, and motivation that you get from the Unlock Potential podcast by grabbing your gear today. So all the guys out there right now are checking their ankles. I've, uh-huh. got, some, I've got some hair. I remember, though, when I, uh, I went through another program in order to lose weight before, before this and had success on the scale, but I lost literally all of the hair from here down. No oh, kidding. Yeah, I wow. dropped so much weight in so little time uh-huh. and I was starving my body throughout that whole process. Exactly. So now that man, I thought, I was like, how did this all happen? <laughs> like, exactly yeah. how. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, it is less maintenance at all, but uh-huh. I, I'm not looking for that kind of work. Yes. <laughs> so yeah, <laughs> yeah that, that's great. So when it, when it comes to, um, when it comes to being in that that zone or being in that place um you really you really are hyper focused on the time of day that where we're initiating that stress and i think experienced stress or maybe received stress and initiated stress you uh, you have two different results mm-hmm. on that what if you get hit with a bucket of cold water unexpectedly your body's going to respond in a different way than if you get in a cold plunge mm-hmm. if you walk if you have to walk in the desert to cross it rather than the uh, rather than the sauna or if you are intentionally engaging in the work rather than just having bags put on top of you right mm-hmm. um, so talk about that importance of that am exercise and initiating that stress and getting into that goldilocks zone yeah It is entirely about what our body is attempting to do physiologically in that solar cycle. Mm -hmm. As the sun rises, our energy naturally rises. Mm -hmm. Now, if we feel a little tired and we don't assist that rise, then we don't get the benefits of that short-term physiology. We don't get the energy to our muscles. We don't get the fluid to our tissues. We don't get to really increase our sensory awareness. I see. So we need to get that rise in the morning to attack that positive short-term physiology. Yeah. I've also noticed that it, it, it starts to callous my receptiveness to things that if, if I hadn't done the workout, I might otherwise be overly sensitive, like unhelpfully sensitive to, not, mm-hmm. not, not have a positive sensitivity to it, but an, a, a, um, a negative responsiveness or a reg, uh, negative reactivity, reactivity to yeah. it. And so it kind of dulls that a little bit. It takes the, takes the chip off my shoulder a little bit mm-hmm. in the morning, allows me to listen to others a little bit more because I got a little bit of my, uh, what Joe Rogan might call the monkey brain out of the way or uh-huh. that kind of thing. Yeah. And, and so I, just having that has become such a vital piece and not making a decision about that. Mm-hmm. I just cannot encourage, I, I, I cannot encourage people enough. Like there's one thing that I don't do. I do not make any decisions before I have my first cup of coffee. Mm-hmm. I just don't do it. My, mm-hmm. my ability to make high quality decisions at that point is so far diminished mm-hmm. that I, it's, not, it's just not the good time to make decisions. So I don't. I'm, I've already made them before and I just follow my, the decisions that I've made before mm-hmm. rather than doing it in that moment. And it's, it's easy to get out of whack. Any encouragement for those people who are sitting there and every day they get up and they're like, I'm tired. Like they know that's supposed to be, but like any any push or encouragement or yeah any help you can give those people because you know that there's a fortress in between them and the gym or them and getting a great uh workout in in the am in order to get those things started 
Yeah. First, compassion for your past self that created that habit. Okay. Often we create it out of protection or a lack of awareness. Yeah. The protection was you were forced to do more than you should have more often than you should have been forced to and you got resistant to it. Lack of awareness is the guides of your tribe, the leadership of your family and of your community did not show you the way. And so you were either forced to do it or never offered the opportunity to be aware of it. Have compassion for that. Mm -hmm. But then acknowledge that you are an adult and showing up for what you need to do is just how we need to function. Mm. And the discipline to simply show up and start, show up, start, show up, start over and over, mm. changes that past habit mm. and has a ripple effect to many others around you. Mm. So good, so good. It's, it's, it's so good to know that when we step back from this journey and with the amount of people who I know who are suffering or who are frustrated, injured, or just in a place of ignorance. So just like, I, I don't know what to do and I don't even know where to start. Um, that this can be a resource for them where it wasn't a resource for me. I, did, I, had, I, I got to learn working out from my father who got to learn it from uh, Ronnie Coleman and all of those guys. And we're not genetically bodybuilders, let's say. <laughs> we're, mm -hmm. um, but, the, uh, uh, but he passed down what he could to me, uh -huh. right? From that, from his place of, I, this is the best I know, this is the best I can give you, I'm gonna give it to you because he didn't have somebody who necessarily gave it to him. Uh -huh. And then, then I got to pass it. Now we get to correct it, right? Uh -huh. we, we're, we're, able to, we're able to heal some of that information and then give it to you in a form that's not only true, but tested, experienced by so many others, being able to be documented for over 20 years and just puts people back in a position where they are empowered. They don't need to come to CrossFit Asheville in order to have an awesome experience, not only of themselves, but of exercise and, and therefore of life. And that Goldilocks zone is, is absolutely the key and the tests and the different indicators that that's the key. So uh, don't hesitate to go back, rewatch this. We're going to be doing a Patreon episode, which is a deep dive on this. So if you're getting to the end of these episodes and you're like, where can I get more? I'm hungry for more. We have so much freaking more. We have so much more. It, it's moving from a library to a museum at this point uh, on our Patreon episodes. And we want to be there for you. We're, we're starting up our monthly uh, group calls as we go, that's one of the value adds for our Patreon subscribers. But the biggest thing you're doing is you're supporting us on this journey to get the best, the best instruction out there, the things that are the most true, and to build something that's gonna not only equip, but empower you to get to the next level and join us on this journey of excellence and fitness. So thanks so much, Corey. Thanks, really Brian. appreciate you. And uh, looking forward to the next one. Yes, definitely. Join us on Patreon for an exclusive discussion with Corey about the content in this episode. Here's a sneak peek. Can you talk about pushing those edges uh -huh. around that in order so that we're in that Goldie, uh, Goldilocks zone where it is that just right? Yeah. So the reason we do that limber test before choosing each exercise mm -hmm. is because it's letting us know each of those tiny little movements, what we have access to and what we don't. I see. 
And so we're getting signals from the body up through the mind for all of the options. Mm -hmm. We do that test a few times to get as many yep. signals as we can. Yep, limber test, reaching up, down to our limit and back up. Five times. Five least. to 10 times is a perfect amount. Mm -hmm. If we're certain how we feel after five, cool. If we need some more, go for it. Cool. Make a decision by the time we get to 10. So if we have a lot of signals that are really great, ready to push, we're gonna take on some strength work. And if we have that one part of our knee that's a little extra sensitive, mm -hmm. it's gonna send us to use all of those other parts that are still great and ready to push. Yep, yep. And those are gonna learn how to help out over time. Mm -hmm. But because we're using those new pathways, they're gonna tire out. So an exercise or two later, we're gonna start to feel stiff and tired. Mm. When we feel stiff and tired, we switch to stamina work, which backs off the intensity and allows us a little bit more freedom. So let's say then you're doing a similar exercise on that one path on the knee. Mm -hmm. You get a little tired on that path, so you do a rep or two over, then that new way gets tired. Mm -hmm. And you're like, ooh, that is uncomfortable. You take a little break. And then a rep or two in, in the normal way, a rep or two in the other way, back off a little bit. Mm -hmm. And over time, you build stamina in that other way. Mm -hmm. That stamina means three weeks later, when you're back to that same strength piece, you've got an extra few reps in that new pathway. And you start to feel that over time. Thank you for joining us for this episode of Unlock Potential. For exclusive content, make sure to subscribe to our Patreon. Follow us across all socials at The Brian Delaney and visit our website at thebriandelaney.com to shop our gear and see what's coming up next.